You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, online at acaville.org. Acaville, a wall of sound you won't want to break down. At the top of the hour this hour, Barbershop in Midwinter. It seems far away, but it's only a matter of weeks until the Barbershop Harmony Society's 2018 Midwinter from January 16th through 21st in Costa Mesa, California, less than 20 minutes from Disneyland in Orange County. In addition to a ton of great shows, the Midwinter features the International Seniors Quartet Contest and Seniors Chorus Festival. Among the groups performing at evening concerts are the 2017 Quartet Champs, Main Street, and the 2006 Champs, Vocal Spectrum. You can even sign up to participate in an all-chapter chorus and or get private lessons. Get all the details over at barbershop.org. Hello, Acaville fans. Welcome to Tacapella. I am your host, John Lampus, here on Acaville Radio's weekly talk show. Today, I am joined by the youngest guest on Tacapella of all time, Miss Brooke Wonder. Brooke, thank you so much for coming on Tacapella today. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here. Brooke, <laughs> for people who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your Acapella career? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I am originally from Morrison, Colorado. Um, I go to CSU now. Um, A little bit about my acapella past is I um, made a group my senior year of high school. And now as a first year, I have joined Main Street Acapella at CSU and I'm loving it. And that's pretty much it. What was the uh, so? What high school did you go to, and what was the name of your uh, high school group? And were you the were you the creator of it, or was it a group mm-hmm. of people? How did it all work? Okay, um, well, I went to Bear Creek High School in Lakewood, Colorado, um, and the name of the group was Bella Voce. We mm. definitely had a lot of different names at first, and then we were like, okay, whatever, we need to just name it <laughs> Bella Voce. And then um, me and another senior, Ada Fretwell, we created it. Um, She was kind of the musical director. Mm -hmm. And we both auditioned people. We both kind of made sure that everyone kind of knew what they were doing and what acapella was and whatnot, which was super cool. Um, And it was about, it was a pretty large group. It was probably 18 to 19 people. Yeah, yeah. So that was definitely a, a hassle to kind of make sure that <laughs> or everyone... Or an opportunity. Not a hassle, exactly, it's an exactly, opportunity. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, that that was Bella Voce. Um, it was consisted of like freshmen all the way to seniors in any choir at all. Um, they had to be in choir though. Okay, so you had kind of a, uh, what do you call it, a requirement to be in the group already. That's interesting. Yeah, you don't hear much yeah. about that with high school groups. So I'd love to, let's dive into that. I wanted to talk today um, about the kind of transition and the differences between your high school uh, acapella experience versus college. Cause I had kind of a high school acapella experience, but it was within the choir. It wasn't independent of the choral program and it was still kind of led by our choir teachers. So I didn't really have an independent acapella experience till halfway through my collegiate career. So Uh, And I've talked with people a lot about, oh, yeah, I started a group in college or I started a group, you know, post-collegiate. But I've never talked to anyone about starting a high school group because that seems like you have to navigate Mm -hmm. such different structures and get 
integrated into the school community in a way different way than you would in uh, in college, which we'll also touch on with your experiences with Main Street. So what, let's just start at the beginning. What was it like, when was the moment you decided, hey, I want to start a high school acapella group? Or is there an acapella, was there an acapella group at Bear Creek, like in the choral program at all? Or was it all choral ensembles? Um, it was all choral ensembles. And the reason that we started an acapella group my senior year and not any other time uh, throughout high school was we got a new choir director mm-hmm. our senior year, and he was from Michigan State. Um, he was in an acapella group and everything, and he loved it. He thought that it was um, a good like way to keep singing, but in a different kind of realm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so nice use he, of realm. <laughs> he um, kind of introduced us to acapella, me and uh, some of our friends and then they made a guy group called synergy, uh, synergy. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah yeah they made synergy and then we made bella voce so it was um guy versus girl kind of but <laughs> it wasn't really that much of a competition um but anyway we uh kind of just made it up as helpful for us to kind of mm-hmm. have a different group outside of choir um, and our choir director, Mr. Cooper, definitely helped with that a little bit just to kind of set it up, kind of help have it run. Um, but then after that, he kind of just let us go and like, here you go. Like we can give you music if you want, but you guys can find it your own. Um, so he was a nice little support system for that in a way. Yeah. So your decision to make the group was, uh, catalyzed or inspired by the new choral director mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely yeah. did you guys come to him or did he come to you i'm curious he came to us at first and was like hey this would be a super cool idea i want to mm. kind of build the choir this way because that's kind of a cool way instead of some old music from choir now mm. you have like pop music that people are singing so he was like this would kind of be a good way to advertise fair creek choir and have yeah. more like want to sing in any kind of form um and so he came to us and we were like oh okay this is kind of a really cool idea so why Mm -hmm. not how was the process making it you said you auditioned people like how did the whole how long did it take you to get set up and what were some of the kind of things you had to go through to get it up and running um, to get it up and running, it wasn't really that hard. Mm-hmm. Um, what we did, it's, it wasn't too crazy as in like we had to make an organization or whatnot, but yeah. what we had to do is just kind of make sure that we have enough music and then make sure that we had just a couple gigs in order to, um, kind of put our name out there mm-hmm. for sure. And then we had to make a name for ourselves and definitely label ourselves as like an acapella group. But I mean, other than that, there wasn't a lot of like loopholes we had to go through. Yeah. Cause I think in college, it can be a lot, not necessarily harder, but it's just a different process of establishing an acapella group because you rarely do have that much faculty support. Like it sounds like you guys did with Mr. Cooper. Exactly. So how did it go? How did you get members? Did you hold the auditions yourselves? I think this is all so fascinating because it's (laughs) rare that you see this kind of process 
at least I haven't seen this kind of process take place in high schools nearly as much. Cause I think with college, there's this sense of, Oh, I'm independent. I am like, you know, out on my own, screw you, mom and dad, I'm going to do my <laughs> own thing. And it's kind of easier when this, uh, what do you call it in this environment that fosters independence in a different way than high school, that it makes sense that people would want to create stuff. But in high school, you still have to do it within school parameters. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. So what was it like? And, and one of the big things about like, creating an acapella group is getting members. So how did that work out? Did you advertise auditions? Did you have to do it with the choral director? Did you have to, did you have to invite people individually? I think all these little specifics are really interesting because they say something about the culture of high school acapella and how it's changing, especially in comparison to college. Definitely. So to get members, what we did is we had our advanced co-ed group, which is sounds of Bear Creek, Um, and we kind of advertised it to them first of, Mm -hmm. Hey, like, if you want to do this, like this will be a good foundation for us to have, um, just people who kind of already know how to read music and whatnot. And then once we got probably about 10 people from, um, sounds, then we were like, okay, so now we'll open it up to the rest of the choir department. Mm -hmm. Um, we just kind of like wrote, a name on the board like hey this is Bella Voce if you want to come audition you can just like talk to me um and the other co-supporter Ada mm-hmm. um and we were like hey just like sign up on this sheet and we'll kind of get you audition during lunch or after school or doing like a study hall if mm-hmm. you have one which was kind of crazy like to get our schedules in so it wasn't always after school yeah um But then we had girls from like our lowest, like beginner choir, our women's ensemble and from our advanced women's choir, Onyx. Um, We had probably about 20 people auditioning, Mm -hmm. um, which I mean, doesn't seem like a lot, but it definitely was a lot to try to sit through and whatnot. Um, But we would just do auditions and we made like a little like sight reading, just like a random little sight reading thing. And then we had the girls kind of just sing their own piece, kind of just to see what they like Mm -hmm. to sing and all that kind of stuff, which was really cool. It was really simple, not too high scale kind of thing, but um, it was really, it was really fun. It was a really cool process to kind of like see how to audition people and like what we wanted to know. Yeah and like what we wanted to hear from people. So that was pretty cool. Absolutely. I think a lot of people have told me how they hate auditioning, how (laughs) being on the other side of auditions, I love it. Especially when you have like a bunch of people there, you don't have to fight to like, you know, get the word out across an entire campus of like, you know, 32,000. But when you have it kind of set up like that, where you're going straight through the choral program. And especially if you have no other groups to compete with, Mm -hmm. no other acapella groups, you get a very different kind of, um, you have a different kind of energy compared to the other ensemble, something that's very novel and exciting, especially like you said, if there's acapella isn't in that area, was acapella like a thing in Lakewood? Is that, was there like a lot of it or did any of the other high schools or any of the other schools in the area, or there any community acapella groups of any sort? It wasn't as popular really around the community or in other high schools. Um, I actually don't know if other high schools had an acapella group, which was Mm -hmm. like, you didn't really hear about that a lot. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of new for like Jefferson County. And that gets people interested. (laughs) Absolutely. Exactly. 
in kind of assembling Bella Voce, first off, what other names did you guys go through? Because I think I had a whole episode on naming groups. I think is yeah. super fun to land on uh, Mountain Horns. That took me, which is my tenor bass acapella group at CSU. Like that took me quite a while to figure out how did naming it come with you guys? Because I think names and logos and stuff like that, those are really, some people might see them as superficial. I think those are such important uh, key concepts to have nailed down so you have a really strong sense of group identity. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, re- I totally remember this. We were all like, it was after auditions and we already kind of had a name going. I think we were trying to call it Bella Voce at first. And then we had an after auditions, we were like, okay, we'll just have a rehearsal and we'll just talk about like house stuff. Um, just how we're going to do the year and mm-hmm. how things are going to work out. And then we were kind of ending up on the name of like, we should make this name something that like everybody has a vote on. And so we literally <laughs> took like an hour trying to figure out what uh. this name was going to be. And then we, it went from like, I don't even know. There were so many names that were just splurted out all over the place, but we ended up having like five names on the board and we were like, okay, we're going to vote for these five names mm-hmm. and just have it done. Like it is important to like have us as an identity, like with something, but it's not that important. We're like, <laughs> we all have to have like some special connection to yeah. it, you know, like it'll end up being a special connection. So Bella Voce was kind of the deciding factor because we all like looked it up on our phones and we were like, <laughs> oh, it means beautiful voices. That's so sweet and all that kind of stuff. So it was, it was definitely a uh, system of <laughs> trying to, that, that was probably the first time that I was like, oh my gosh, okay, this is a lot of people mm-hmm. and they all have different opinions and we all have to like make sure that we're hearing each other now. So that, that was definitely a trip (laughs) absolutely and the idea of like a democracy and having lots of uh ideas bouncing about i'm guessing that was a theme throughout the entire year as it is with a lot of acapella groups how else did this whole idea of like lots of voices being talked about and lots of opinions being thrown around how did that like reoccur throughout the year because i think when acapella group leaders face those challenges that you learn so much. Both of the groups I've started, the first semester has always been the rockiest because usually I just ask people to join the groups and not Mm -hmm. audition. So there's this, as they should, you know, they feel like they have a big say in the group and that's great. But then there's a sense of, okay, there's not a clear vision and there's not anyone who makes an executive decision Mm -hmm. like, this is what we're doing. Uh, Mountain Horns performed last week, as you know, you were there, but just for listeners. <laughs> and we had a piece that was like 85% ready. And I was just like, nope, we're not going to do it. We are not 100% ready. And maybe that didn't resonate with everyone, but sometimes those decisions need to be made or else, like you said, you get kind of bogged down in mm-hmm. more focused on everyone having their voice heard, which while important is not always as important as making a decision that everyone can just like, okay, you d- we just need to fall in line and go with this. So how exactly. else did, because that's been the hardest thing for me in leading two acapella groups. Like, how do you deal with all these opinions? I've never dealt with a group of 20, like Mountain Horns is the biggest I've had <laughs> with 13. And that sometimes is a little like, okay, lots oh, of opinions, but yeah. with 20 singers, like how did that work out? And what were the challenges you had to face in regards to all these opinions? It was a, yeah, in the first couple months, it was really hard because we had probably about 
seven or eight seniors in the group, which Mm -hmm. kind of made it hard because they all were like, okay, like I want to make this big for us and like have it be really special and really cool. And so you had that many girls trying to all be bosses to the not only like the underclassmen but also like trying to figure out like each other mm-hmm. and um so that definitely caused a lot Power of issues dynamics, dude oh my gosh so many of those <laughs> and you had a lot of girls trying to figure out their own place and like be mm-hmm. a leader but like they also kind of knew that me and Ada were um kind of the ones to run everything so Mm -hmm. they had to like kind of run it through us and then we would like run it through each other and so it definitely took a lot of time to make those kind of decisions which we kind of figured out here and there but it definitely Mm -hmm. was a rocky start um and so I there was just a couple rehearsals where we all just kind of were trying to figure each other out it was like at the end of the day we tried to do it after school and everyone was just like I want to go home like why are we here what are we doing Mm -hmm. and so it was a lot of work for me and Ada to just kind of say okay like this is what we want to do like if you guys have anything to say about it then definitely put your input in and we'll like consider it And a lot of the time it was really good feedback. It was like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to do this piece because I don't think a lot of people learn it in time and whatnot, which is really good to hear, um, especially from the younger girls who didn't really have that like musical experience yet. Um, so it kind of helped us put ourselves in like other people's shoes, um, but it was definitely, definitely that power trip of having that many people try to put their opinions in at once. Yeah. So did it, did it just kind of wane off as the year went on? Did the dynamics become a little less pronounced or did the conflict kind of just kind of wear down as you guys got into rhythm or how did that all work? Definitely the conflict definitely wore down definitely second semester, um, partially because the girls who were kind of, um, wanted to be the leaders, but couldn't kind of left and helped a little bit. Um, they were just kind of like, okay, like this isn't worth my time, which, um, kind of just showed who was dedicated to it and who wasn't. Mm -hmm. Um, but that kind of all ended up working out in the end. So how many did you start out with at the beginning of the year? And then how many did you have at the end? So there was about 20 that we had um, auditioned and everything at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the second semester, it was probably about 14 or 15 girls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That to, I, to me, I like that number better. That's just yeah, my yeah. opinion. But I think this kind of idea of power dynamics and how everyone kind of works with each other, it's different for all groups. And it's different. It's a different thing to navigate. There is not always a clear consensus on if you have this issue in the group, you should do this. I had exactly. in my first group, Timberman, we had um, like a big personality who just really wanted everything his way and wasn't really... Mm-hmm paying attention to how it would function within the group. He, he saw it as his experience and how we could facilitate that rather than a group experience. And he ended up leaving. And I think that was a really good thing for the group because that kind of approach doesn't always work. And I think 
we just have to kind of figure out how our individual personalities work within certain ensembles and how that ensemble, if that, if our view that comes from our personality will fit best uh, within the culture we're in. Um, and that's tricky, especially it's magnified like 10 times when you are a new group because it's so like, it's like clay. Oh, yeah. You can manipulate it how you want. My instinct might be to like, oh, we're a brand new group. Well, I want to kind of take control and make it what mm-hmm. I want. Exactly. And everyone has to kind of keep those in check. And I've been in one, I've never been asked to join a starting group mainly because I haven't really been in a lot of rich acapella communities but I have to imagine if I was in that situation I'd have views on like how I think it should go uh and other people can have other views and Mm -hmm. it's a clash of personality and it's a clash of established and how that fits into a group and I think what's important to recognize is that when you start a group when you join a group it is not going to be the perfect acapella experience you had envisioned Oh. oh yeah and they shouldn't and people who have that and realize this is not like exactly what they wanted. They have to kind of weigh their options of, well, this isn't exactly what I wanted. So maybe I should leave just because that might be better for me and for the group rather than having two people have philosophically very different ideas <laughs> or like 10 people have very different ideas, like butting heads with each other. At the beginning of the year for Mountain Horns, I saw each one of them down individually and we talked about what they wanted out of the group and based on the input from them we kind of crafted a mission statement and what we were going to do going forward but if we had like really strong like this is how it needs to be that usually is not an approach Mm -hmm. that works well in new groups Mm -hmm. in continuing groups so good on you for kind of juggling all that (laughs) and i think it's very much a trial by fire in high school oh my gosh where people are more opinionated where there is it's a different kind of culture it's a different academic and social environment that is just stressful to say the least uh so we're going to take a quick break here we're going to listen to a song brooke picked out from ladies first from michigan state university we're going to listen to wonder woman and we're going to be right back here on tacapella i gonna break for that cause i'm a one Take all that. 
Michael Wingate with Beatbox Corner on Talkapella this week. This week is going to be a bit different. I'm going to talk to you about Beatbox resources and tutorials online and elsewhere that you can use other than just myself. So first I'm going to go over some YouTube tutorial channels that you can check out. I highly recommend them and it's really important to watch how other beatboxers and vocal percussionists uh, teach their sounds and how they do their sounds because you might learn something from them that you wouldn't have learned from someone else that's happened with me with a couple sounds I watched someone's tutorial couldn't get it came back to it and watched someone else's tutorial and got it so it can all depend uh, I just want to point you into the direction of other uh, some other channels and you can check them out and maybe it'll help you so the first one is 80 fits that is eight zero f-i-t-z uh, he was the beatboxer for Dust Sound Machine on Pitch Perfect 2, and he is just all around really awesome. He's like Vine famous, rip Vine, but anyway, <laughs> he's uh, he's really awesome. Uh, his basic tutorials and some of his more advanced tutorials, they're really awesome. Uh, I highly recommend him. The next one, she is insane, uh, so good. She's been around for a bit. Her name is Track9, that's T-R-A-C-K, and then Space. IX, the Roman numeral for nine. Uh, she's awesome. All of her tutorials are great. I watch her. Uh, I think I watched a tutorial from her actually like last week. So I highly recommend her. And then the last one is Fat Tony. Uh, I think every beatboxer has watched a Fat Tony video because he is pretty much the OG uh, beatbox tutorial guy on YouTube. He's got a bunch of all of his old uh, tutorials uploaded on his channel, and he's also going back now. He's revamped his channel a bit, and he's going back and remaking some and explaining more. So he's got a big catalog. You can go and check them out. Uh, I highly recommend him as well. And then the last thing I want to talk about is uh, just getting out and meeting and talking with other vocal percussionists and beatboxers, going to events, festivals, camps, and uh, just you know, working and, uh, and talking with other beatboxers, uh, see how they groove, see how they create their sounds, uh, trade, uh, information, spread the knowledge and, you know, just really improve our community because it's all about, you know, it's all about family. It's all about sharing what we have, learning more and, uh, and teaching each other. So, uh, those are, those are two big things that I, you know, I really wanted to just, you know, get out there going online, looking at a plethora of tutorials and really just enhancing your sound palette and what you can do as well as, uh, getting out there, meeting people, expanding, and really just getting a wider perspective on things. Uh, so yeah, I really hope that these things helped. And I am Michael Wingate. This has been Beatbox Corner on Tacapella. And I will see you all next week. Goodbye. Time.
listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, leave the instruments at the door. And welcome back to Acapella. Hey everyone, this is your host John Lampus with guest Brooke Wonder. We've been talking today a bunch about Brooke's very specific high school acapella experience where she created her own acapella group in high school, which I really hadn't seen on the show before, which was super fun. Now we're going to move on to Brooke's experience transitioning from high school acapella to collegiate acapella. As Brooke mentioned before, she is part of one of the other CSU acapella groups. She is in Main Street Acapella, which I believe is the largest group on campus, something like 18 or 20, which is huge. Um, (laughs) Not that that's bad. It's just different. Um, So Brooke, uh, before we kind of dive into how you went from one to the other, what has it been like in Main Street Acapella? How did you get in the group and what's the experience been like so far? So far, I love Main Street. It's such a good community. Um, And getting into it, we'll talk about that first. Getting into it, I um, just kind of heard through Abby Russell, one of the group members in Main Street, that they were doing auditions and whatnot. And at first I was like, okay, like I might try this out. Like, who knows? Like, it's a pretty big group. I don't even know if I'll like get in or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just after class one day, I had some time. So I was like, hey, okay, auditions are right now. Like, I'll just go. Um, I'm in the same building. I'll just mm-hmm. go upstairs and audition, like put my name down and whatnot. And um, everyone was just super nice and relaxed. And I did my audition really quick, just like a, you did your own like one minute song kind of thing. And then um, they just talked about you, about like your experience and whatnot. And so it was like a lot more like low key than I thought it was Mm going to be. Um, and so I got into the group, it was me and five other, um, auditionees, I guess, got mm-hmm. into the group, um, which was really cool. Cause there was a lot of people who auditioned. Um, and so now it's really nice just because it's not a whole bunch of music majors. There's a pre-vet person or major there's Mm -hmm. like health and exercise sciences i myself am early childhood education so it's just really cool that we can all kind of have different backgrounds but come in and sing together yeah absolutely so what has the difference been between bella voce and uh and main street what what has that been like besides the fact that you're not leading one exactly exactly um I like it just because it is a co-ed group. Um, You kind of get the balance between um, guy and girl and whatnot. You don't have so many people. I mean, girls do like being leaders. (laughs) So (laughs) you don't get so many people trying to be on top, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. And um, yeah, everyone's just kind of wants to be that uh, democratic kind of group. And so Mm -hmm. we all put our input, we all listen to each other's input and, um, it's been really nice. Yeah. Yeah. What's it been like being a like community member rather than being the head honcho in charge? (laughs) Um, it's definitely been less stressful. Um, it's, I cannot even like 
think about being a leader of Main Street. Like, it would be crazy. But our president does really well, Azriel Hutchinson. Um, she kind of puts together gigs and whatnot. And then we have two musical directors. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, um, you don't really get, like, a dictatorship on that side of it. They kind of bounce each other, um, ideas off of each other. And then we have a treasurer and... Then we have a chore- choreographer. Yeah, yeah I think that's how you pronounce it, choreographer. Yes. <laughs> and so, like, there are leaders in the group, but um, they have kind of their own job that they're leading, and we all listen to that um, and their job. And then we all kind of get to say our own thing um, in the aspect that they want us to like they'll ask us hey how did you think that sounded how can we fix this all together mm-hmm. um which is really really cool so it's it's a like democratic musical thing so it's it's a little less with um the musical director from synergy did she or i'm um, from uh, bella voce did she just kind of run the show in that regard oh yeah absolutely she um definitely just kind of picked out pieces and was like here we're gonna do this it sounds cool. So we're just going to do it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but for main street, uh, they, both of the musical directors have music that they've done in the past or that they're really interested in doing now. And then, um, in the beginning of the semester, we all kind of were like, okay, so these are the pieces that we want to do, um, for our showcase at the end of the semester. Uh, what do you guys think about it? Mm -hmm. What can we do? What can we not do? Um, and then they kind of gave it an open floor of like, Hey, if you guys want to compose your own piece, um, you're more, more than welcome to do that. And we've had, I want to say three new pieces this semester of just people composing it themselves. Composing or arranging? Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Arranging. Themselves. Yeah, I mean, composing would be awesome. <laughs> that would that's, be sweet. That that'd would be, be sweet, yeah. definitely be a lot more work. So like, have you arranged any pieces this year for the group? I- but um, I, I we use a Muse score. For I love Muse score. Yeah, and it's really cool. But I need to figure out how to use it before I even try to do that. So. It's a little weird, but you kind of figure yeah. out as you go. <laughs> so comparing these two kind of uh, atmospheres—one in high school, one in college—which is the one you would say? Uh, and don't worry about offending anyone. But which is the one you say you'd prefer? The high school one, where you're kind of a leader. Or the college one where you're still part of a system, but you aren't maybe in charge. And just comparing also just like the different cultural uh, and cultural spheres and sense of community between the two. I definitely prefer the collegiate acapella um, just because everyone kind of has already had experience in singing Mm -hmm. in some kind of way um, more than just like a couple years. So um, that's that kind of aspect of like, you don't really have to teach everyone how mm-hmm. to sing and how to music and whatnot. But I, I mean, there's, there's definitely positives and negatives to both sides. Cause like leading your own group, you kind of get to, um, have a little more weight to ideas and whatnot, mm-hmm. but you definitely, I mean, in main street, if you say something and everyone agrees with it, then that's what says like that's what it's going to be is like you have to just say an idea and if it's a opinion that everyone is like oh maybe that's not very good idea then you're like okay so now we can kind of see 
what what's important and what's not important kind of thing you prefer the kind of more democratic approach than having one leader absolutely i think it's so much easier on everyone's side except for um just like being the leader is so overwhelming sometimes and then you have the democratic side and you're just like okay like we can all work together and have a have a good time yeah so because my theory on that is that you guys when your leaders this year graduate or when they leave or whatever i feel like you guys are going to have a much easier time transitioning without them next year rather than if you had one leader kind of taking care of everything absolutely and that's that's absolutely true because um i haven't really checked in with bella voce but um from what i hear from connections still back in high school is that it's really not as big of a deal as it was last year so Mm -hmm. because they don't have those like two or three point Mm -hmm. people to kind of manage everything exactly exactly so in regards to the democratic stuff it's in regards to making decisions do you also do that in regards to choosing gigs and selecting music or like where where do the where's the line between like this person in charge and they make a decision versus Mm -hmm. where is this a collaborative democratic experience so Usually when um, we kind of book gigs, we have uh, we have like an open floor at the beginning of every rehearsal of just mm-hmm. like, hey, have you like heard about anything that we can do? Um, and so people will like bring up ideas like we had um, uh, Chapman Crossgill. He is a journalist. And so he had um, someone just connect to him who knew about acapella and whatnot about main street and Mm -hmm. they were like hey so can you come sing for this alumni thing and he was like yeah sure um so he brought it up to the group and we kind of just make sure that we have enough people who can go um and if we don't have enough people to go then it's like okay sorry we have we'll probably have to not like just skip this one mm-hmm. um and then if we do have enough people to go then it's like yeah sure like why not because mm-hmm. we i mean who it's always fun to perform you know um but that's kind of nice democratically but also if it's like too far away or just too much of a hassle to like get to there then it's like okay maybe this gig isn't for us maybe they need someone else like mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's like too high end or something like that, that we just can't really do. Um, so that's cool in the democratic sense, but then the leadership part of it kind of goes to, um, when just kind of like the communication aspect of it, of talking to the head person of this event or whatnot and talking Mm -hmm. to the head person of main street, um, so they're kind of like our spokesperson, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the leadership also is like inside the group. Like if you can't make it to a rehearsal or whatnot, then you just kind of talk to one of the officers and like, Hey, this is why this is, um, Oh, like make it up somehow or mm-hmm. what. So that's really cool too, to have that little like leadership part of it instead of everyone just kind of, Oh, where's, where is he? Oh, I yeah. don't know. You know? <laughs> yeah. That makes a lot of sense in a lot of regards, I think, because you're in regards to like booking gigs or musical interpretations or all these things. You're not just getting one opinion. You are, mm-hmm. especially like in regards to getting gigs, you are 
relying on the connections of the entire ensemble, exactly. which I think is super important. I've always, you know, I've gone back and forth between more collaborative musical experience and um, kind of one director. And I think it kind of depends on the skill set of the ensemble and everyone's experience level, but especially in regards to how the group runs as a social vehicle and exactly. how it functions within the school community. Like I am regularly asking like, um, especially like the older mountain horns, like, hey, what are some good places we should perform at? Because I've a master's student at CSU, so I've been there for a year and a half, and I don't know what <laughs> yeah, all yeah. the like cool places to perform are um, compared to like someone who's been there for four years. And I think mm-hmm. when you do have maybe more of a, I don't want to say monarchy, but where you do have more of one point person as opposed to you know a couple, I think it is really important for that person in charge to be very upfront and recognize personally their own limitations in some regards. Like, I don't know how to do this. I want to put this on the group. And especially with Mountain Horns, that's what we're going to be kind of transitioning to over the next few months of I've been kind of shepherding everything. And now as we go into second semester, the plan is, all right, you take care of this, you take care of this, mm-hmm. you take care of this. Mm-hmm. So we can achieve kind of what you talk, what you're talking about in regards to, um, you know, people being prepared when, a class leaves and everyone's feeling confident the next exactly. year. So you don't have these, you know, years where you kind of dip down and like, Oh, what do we do now? Now that exactly. book's gone. And then exactly. you kind of, and I think what that also does it is it establishes a sense of group identity apart from the leader, which I think is so important because the leader shouldn't be like, Hey, I'm in charge. This is how mountain horns work mm-hmm. works. It's like, this is what mountain horns is. How can the leader serve that? And if you bring the, younger people in, if you bring the non-leader members and get them invested in that, then you have a tradition that kind of carries on and people know how to serve that and best function within that tradition rather than this is the viewpoint of John, this is the viewpoint of this guy and this guy and this girl. Exactly. Yeah. Because one's more sustainable and one's not. And I think that's super important. I've seen that with groups um, where if there is not a strong point person and the responsibilities and uh, development of musical analysis and like rehearsal techniques is all isn't kind of um, spread out amongst everyone. It can get really kind of like, all right, now we're just floundering around once the leader's gone, <laughs> waiting for a new leader to come around. Exactly. Yeah. So Brooke, as we kind of wrap up today, do you have any, like, what's your biggest piece of advice for people who are making the transition from high school into collegiate acapella? Maybe the people who are in your position now or the people who will be next year. Like what's, what's the biggest piece of advice you could give to them? I would have to say that definitely if you are going from a senior in high school to a first year in college and you've experienced acapella, but you are super kind of nervous that it's super like high end and kind of what you see in movies, you know, like they're going (laughs) to be really hard on you and whatnot. Definitely just kind of like experience it and just kind of go for it, you know, um, definitely speak out when you need to, um, and take advice also when you need to as well. That's kind of a good life advice anyway. (laughs) Um, but definitely like, don't be scared of it. Find the right group that is good for your values. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Be a team player and be open-minded. I think those are very important things that you can take to all aspects of acapella. So we're going to take one more quick break here. We're going to hand it over to Amanda Tran to listen to her segment, Notable Coverage. And then we are going to be right back here on Tacapella, where you can find out from Brooke on how to get a hold of her acapella group to see what that's all about. And we're going to be right back. (laughs) 
You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, your base for the lowdown on acapella. Hey everyone, thanks again for tuning in to Acapella only on Acaville Radio. I'm your host, Amanda Tran, to the segment Notable Coverage, where I basically spill the tea on my favorite versions of the most covered songs in the acapella world. Now, if you guys joined in on any of the first three episodes, you'll remember that I did one song per episode. However, for episode four, it's a little bit special because this particular artist has been covered hundreds and hundreds of times, if not almost in the thousands. And her name is Sia. Now, any of you guys who sing acapella in the contemporary or collegiate style will know Sia, obviously, and I can almost bet on it that you guys have done a Sia song. Personally, I think Sia is a genius songwriter. She knows how to craft the perfect lyric, the perfect hook, and the melodies are unforgettable. Now for the first Sia arrangement we're going to take a look at, we're going to make our way to Central Washington University, where their co-ed group lives, and that is Nada Cantata. Now their arrangement of Titanium was done by Matt, who also happens to be a really good friend of mine. He is a co-director of the Contemporary Acapella Musicians Institute. Here in the Pacific Northwest, we focus on acapella music education. This is the shameless plug. He also is a Nada Cantata alum and a current member and arranger of an awesome six-person co-ed group based in Seattle here called 2020. Definitely check them out. Now, Nada Cantata's Titanium, this is a very choral-like arrangement, and it's honestly nothing like I've never heard before, especially for a pop song. It's a complete 360 from the original and... I honestly was taken aback when I heard it for the first time in person. They debuted this arrangement in May of 2014, and since then I haven't heard any other Titanium version that I liked more. Um, Sololess songs are so rarely done in collegiate and contemporary acapella, but I think it really shows such a beautiful side of the group's artistry and unity, and I really wish they did it more. Um, This is a live recording you're about to hear from their June 2014 concert, I pulled this from YouTube, and it's one of the first time the groups performed it. The audio, audio quality doesn't do the arrangement and group justice, but it still sounds incredible. They have such great blend, such good emotion, and just really thoughtful, dynamic phrasing. Cut me down, but it's you who acapella song we're going to take a listen to is Alive and this was done by the Nor'easters in 2016 and it was featured on their LP Rise. Now Alive is their opening track of this full-length album and it was 
the best decision, honestly. The arrangement and production was done by the one and only Shams, one of their alums, and he can honestly do no wrong. The biggest thing that stood out with this arrangement is their soloist. Jessie Litwin is a complete powerhouse. Everything she sings is pretty much flawless. She has such great projection, enunciation. Her runs are insane. Her range is crazy. Now, Sia is one of those singers that you should not attempt if you cannot do it better or make it completely different in your own. But with the incredible soloists that the Northeasters have, they can pretty much sing anyone, including Sia. Jessie killed it. She has such emotion and so much power in this solo, and the group performed it flawlessly. I have nothing bad to say about this arrangement of Alive. Lastly, but not least, is an arrangement of Chandelier done by a co-ed group called Twisted Measure in 2015. They are from Elon University in North Carolina. Hands down, this is one of the most beautifully arranged and performed Sia songs I have ever heard. It was done by Kyle Whitaker and the soloist was Abby Franklin. Now, Sia, in my opinion, is like a pro at making writing really like depressing honestly lyrics and putting it behind such a fun and a beat um, production sometimes when you're singing along to it you forget the meaning of her lyrics just because it's so fun and dancey um, with this version of chandelier they really arranged it to what the words were really saying um, the soloist abby she completely made it her own she milked every single lyric with such emotion and technical precision um, I honestly wonder how someone could be so flawless when I'm listening to this. Um, the group sang it beautifully. I also listened to a live version of it, and it's pretty much almost exactly the same as their studio recording, which is crazy. The group's video for the song went viral. It has over 6 million views, and rightfully so. I really hope Sia has seen this before because it is the best cover I have ever heard anyone or any group has ever done. Thank you so much again for tuning in to Talk Capella. This is Amanda Tran, your host to Notable Coverage. Again, if you have any questions, comments, or any other versions of Sia songs you want me to hear, definitely tweet me at Amanda Tran Rocks. That's at Amanda Tran, R-O-C-K-S. And I look forward to joining you guys again next time. Thanks. Bye. Here comes the shame. Here comes the shame. One, two, three, one, two, three, drink. One, two, three, one, two, three, drink. One, two, three, one, two, three, drink.
You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, giving listeners worldwide something to sing about. And welcome back to Talk Acapella. This is your host, John Lampus, on Acaville Radio's weekly talk show. I have had the great privilege today to talk to Brooke Wonder from CSU Main Street Acapella, all about her experience there and also her time in Bella Voce at Bear Creek High School in Lakewood. It's been super fun comparing both those sides of high school acapella and college acapella and uh, the differences between the two and how leadership, especially works in those two very different spheres. Brooke, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been really great to have you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. For sure. So Brooke, if people want to see what Main Street Acapella is all about, how could they do that? So you can find us on Facebook um, at CSU Main Street Acapella. Um, 1P, very <laughs> controversial. <laughs> very wrong of us. but <laughs> Or also at MainStreetAcapella.wordpress.com. And those are our two main links that you can find us at. Sweet. And Brooke, if people want to see what you're all about, maybe like reach out and be like, hey, how do you do this for acapella? How do you do that? How could they do that? Absolutely. Um, you can find me on Twitter at wonder underscore lady. Um, that's <laughs> W-U-N-D-E-R <laughs> underscore lady. Wonder or lady. I also have an Instagram and that's just Brooke Wonder. Sweet. Brooke, thanks again so much for coming on the show. And everyone, if you want to get a hold of me, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at John Lampus, J-O-H-N-L-A-M-P-U-S. And uh, but more importantly, follow or tweet or contact the station at Acaville Radio at every social media outlet that is out there. I think we have them pretty much all covered. If you want to be on an episode of Tacapella, see what we're all about, send in some reader questions or listener questions, not reader questions, listener questions, uh, feel free to do that. And uh, we're going to pass it over to Greg Starr for Greg's Take, where he's going to answer some of your listener questions. Brooke, thank you one more time so much for coming on the show today. It was great to have you. Absolutely. Boom. And for everything acapella, please stay tuned. You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, leave the instruments at the door. And welcome back to Acapella. This is Greg's Take, the segment in which I answer your listener questions. So this week, we're going to be tackling a more serious topic, and that's discipline and I suppose also expectations in an acapella group. Both of the questions we'll be talking about this week involve basically discipline and what expectations are reasonable in the group. So the first question is, is there ever a point where it is the right choice to kick someone out of the group? Now, maybe in an ideal world, the answer to this question would be no, but I think I have to answer yes. That's the short answer. The longer answer is I don't think anyone should be kicked out immediately, but I do think that any group needs to have clear expectations. And if there's someone in the group who's just, you know, not pulling their own weight, you know, not living up to the expectations of the group, not doing sufficient work, I think that's something that the group needs to discuss and needs to address. 
So I think the first step in dealing with someone who's, you know, not pulling their weight, maybe they aren't learning their music in the group, maybe they're not showing up to rehearsals on time, or they're missing a lot of rehearsals, or maybe they're just very clearly not enjoying themselves in the group. They're very clearly, you know, unhappy during rehearsals and don't seem to want to be there. I think the first thing, you know, group needs to do is address this. And it can be awkward. It can be difficult to be very direct and tell someone, hey, you know, I don't think you're doing a good enough job learning your music. You know, I, it seems like you're not showing up to rehearsals on time. Let, I think we should talk about this. It, it can be awkward to do that, but I think it's necessary for the group. And it could just be to figure out what's going on. It could be that that particular member is just going through a lot at that particular moment, and maybe they'll be doing better in a couple of weeks or even a couple of days. Or there could be something else going on. And I think just first addressing the situation and making it clear that the group has expectations and that that particular member needs to do more to you know, reach those expectations. And I think if the behavior continues, if it becomes a c the case that this particular member continues to not show up to rehearsal on time or at all, or continues to fail to learn their music, and the group has already talked about it, the group has already addressed it, and they haven't shown any signs of improvement, I think an ultimatum might have to be used might have to say, hey, we've talked about this, we've talked about, you know, our expectations in the group, and we really don't feel like you're meeting them right now. And if you, if you can't be part of this group, if you can't, you know, work with us, you know, it's not really fair to the other members of the group. And if you can't meet our expectations and be a member of this group, we may need to talk about you leaving the group. And the group would have to make it as matter-of-fact as possible and not make it, a, you know, an indictment on that person. Just say, hey, you know, if this isn't working out, you know, we, we have to do this for the sake of the group. It's a difficult conversation for sure, but it's one that needs to be had from time to time. And I think one way to possibly avoid a situation where you might need to kick someone out of the group would be just to make expectations as clear as possible early on. Because some people, when they join an acapella group, might not be expecting to have to spend a lot of time working on their music or might not be expecting to um, need to commit to very regular rehearsals. And they might not know there's this expectation of showing up on time or even early. So I think establishing those expectations very early on can help avoid this sort of situation. And I... Looks like we're actually out of time. <laughs> Only one question this week. Next week, I will do two questions. But thank you all for listening. And if you have a question that you would like me to answer, feel free to email me at gastarr at seattleschools.org or follow me on Twitter at gregstarstake. And you can also find Acaville Radio on Twitter. So until next week, take some time to listen to acapella.